Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Now, there's no doubt that many of you have had coronavirus at the forefront of your mind. Each and every day we're being told about the pandemic, we're seeing the impact it's having on the market, and many of you have reached out to me personally to ask, what does this all mean? Now, my promise to you is that over the next few weeks, we're going to deliver some amazing content because my studies and my experience have shown that we usually come out of these issues and these downturns a lot stronger. The recovery is usually bigger and longer. And so I want to make sure that you have all the information you need. So when the storm passes, we're prepared. We're prepared to thrive and grow. In this week's episode, I speak to my business partner, Dom. We break down where we've come and where we're going, what's going on, and how we see things panning out. I hope you like the episode. Hey guys, Dominic Nesha here with my business partner, the brains of the outfit, Peter Escher. Hey guys, how are you doing? Thanks for jumping on. Look, thanks for having me. It's a really, really exciting um perhaps sometimes scary time in the market and so we thought it would be a good opportunity to check in and articulate what we're thinking and where we see things going yeah you're not wrong i think we've been impacted it's it, we we wanted to sit down and have that conversation just from our perspective from property technology and what we're seeing out there and to kind of share some of our thoughts and opinions on this um global pandemic Peter's sitting out in the common area and and I won't get you to lift your camera up, but basically it's empty. Um, there's been a massive lockdown. There's no staff around. Everybody's kind of at home. Um, I've been working and fielding many client phone calls. Uh, many people are scared. And what are you experiencing, man? Yeah, it's, it's a very scary time um, in the market because of uncertainty. So the reason why people go into fear whenever there's uncertainty in financial markets is because they don't know what's coming. So fear of uh, the unknown is really what's playing out here. And what we were been saying over the past couple of weeks is uh, it's different because during the global financial crisis, it was a financial shock. So Lehman Brothers collapsed and there was an impact on uh, the US um, debt market and everything else. And so it was very financial. This time it's a health crisis. And so there's the health impact and there's also the financial impact. And those combined, I think, are making the fear factor worse. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think just to use one of my clients as an anecdote, um, they're saving. Obviously, if you haven't got the money, if you haven't got the capacity or the cash to go purchase a property, um, it makes it very difficult. So they're in a position where they're looking to keep on saving, get their income up, and then be in a position where they can purchase this property. But if they're not getting as many shifts, if they're not getting the casual shifts in retail, or if they're not, they're in construction, there's a slowdown because there's building shortages or supply shortages. There's a real uh, financial risk that they're feeling. And then because of that, they're starting to feel, well, if I can't afford this property, um, well, if I'm not going to be able to get my job, if I'm not going to get many shifts, if I can't save as much cash over the next six to 12 months, then what am I doing buying an investment? And I feel like that is the sentiment of many uh, investors or consumers out there. Yeah, so I think we're in a phase now where there's uncertainty. There's the shock phase, which we're going through. 
And I think what comes next is the recovery. Um, at some point, things will recover. Uh, we'll have a better idea of what the health impact is, what the financial impact is. I think, Don, what stuck out to me this time is just how proactive governments have been in responding. Uh, maybe they've been slow from a health perspective, but from a financial perspective, we've seen huge amounts of stimulus being announced right around the world. We've seen central banks cut very, very aggressively. You know, the US has now cut rates to zero. The Reserve Bank in Australia is set to cut rates again. Not only are they cutting, but they're starting to flood the system with cash. So they're actually, what we're seeing there is a supply response, perhaps preempting the downturn in demand that they're expecting. And so there's a flood of cash. There's a tsunami of cash about to flood into the market. And what does that mean in practical measures? Because, I mean, for the layman out there that's sitting there, watching this or listening to this on the podcast or whatever, they're thinking, okay, cash is coming into the market. What does that actually mean for the investors or for the people that are out there that are potentially thinking, I might not have as many shifts as I thought I was going to have, you know? Yeah, so if you're worried about your job, it's it's a natural worry. Um, there will be businesses that are going to be impacted by this, particularly smaller businesses that don't have the cash resources to ride this out. And so there's going to be an impact there. Um, I think what's important is that if you if you do hold on to your job, uh, you're probably going to come out of this financially better off um, because interest rates are being cut. So the rate that you're paying on your mortgage if you're a homeowner is coming down. The rate that you're paying on your investment properties if you do own investment real estate is coming down. And... I guess to answer your question, what does this mean? It means we're likely to see interest rates lower for longer. We're going to start seeing mortgage rates in Australia, I believe, with a one in front of them. And I think uh, central banks will continue to cut rates. So you'll see official interest rates at zero or even negative. So we're going into uh, a new generation, a new era with low rates um, and governments willing to spend their way out of these crises. Yeah, and when part of the fear I think people are feeling at the moment is, and I think it just happened this weekend, really, for me and the people I'm talking to, it's just this weekend, where normally I, you know, I was unaffected. A lot of people around me have been unaffected and kind of level-headed about it all. But when you walk into Woolies or to Coles, whichever you know department store you like to follow, um, yeah. and you see the shelves are empty and you're thinking, holy shit, the people are panicking you feel that panic as well. You're like, oh, God, you know, that, that mentality. Um, and then this this lack of unknown, the fear of unknown. Like you and I are there during the GFC where one week it was bad and then it got worse and then it got worse. And you're kind of thinking, well, where's the bottom? And that, I think that uncertainty and seeing all these people sort of exit and do these sort of panic things kind of adding to that fear and uncertainty in in general and, and that, that sort of reverberated. We're seeing what the stock markets take a massive hit yesterday, got smashed, and then today it's bouncing back. Yeah, it's up a little bit. Um, it's come off a lot in a short period of time, and I think at some point it will stabilize. I think we're close to that period now where what happens is you have these wild swings and then it slows down. Everything sort of calms down. You might have another another big swing, some more volatility, but at some point, you know, that storm passes and after the storm, it's back to calm. 
So it's very hard to say when that point is, but at some point it will come. And I think the message that you and I want to articulate today is that, you know, we are in a storm at the moment, but at some point that storm will complete, will pass, and there's opportunity. Uh, It doesn't seem like there's opportunity, but there always is opportunity, right, from the experiences that we've both seen. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, you know, once we get past this, this, this storm, once we get past this peak fear and it does start to stabilize, people realize that, you know, particularly in our industry, people still need roofs over their heads. You know, people need a place to live. So the, the importance of real estate really is highlighted in this environment where discretionary spending, going to the shops, buying bits and pieces, you know, iPhones and all that kind of stuff, we don't need them anymore, but you still need a house. You still need a home. So someone's willing to pay rent to kind of have that sense of security, and that's really why we're in real estate. Yeah, and Don, what happens also is supply gets taken, um, supply gets hit. So real estate, there's a natural demand for real estate every single year. There's more people, there's more migrants in major cities, and so you have to manufacture and build a certain amount of real estate just to keep up every year. That's and right. when we have shocks like this, it's becoming harder to import raw materials from China. Supply chains are just being disrupted. Um, you know, people are stopping work. So imagine the impact of all the work that's going on day to day. That's been slowed down. That's going to limit supply. So you're going to have less houses um, and less dwellings coming onto the market over the next 6, 12 um, to 24 months. Meanwhile, you've got this flood of money that's going to come through. And I think that's going to support prices. And at some point, I believe, in that calmness period, you're going to see the market pick up again. I think in a big way because people are going to say, well, where do I put my money now? I'm scared of the stock market. Cash is not worth anything. I'm not going to go buy bonds or anything else. So I've got to go get something that's stable, tangible, that's real. So they're going to move back to real estate. And what you're saying there is really interesting. What we've noticed is... After the last crash or the last uh, bottoming out of the market, supply came off 40-odd percent. No new stock is really being developed. There's a lot less coming onto the market. And what developers didn't anticipate is how quickly it bounced back. So in my experience, I've been working with a number of developers and they anticipated you know, a very small or, or a slow sales rate. So they only released so much stock. And what they've noticed is all that stock is selling out way quicker than they anticipated. So there's going to be a, sh- a, a, a medium term where there's not going to be a lot available. So all the good deals that are available sh- are going to get snapped up very, very quickly, particularly once we get past this next phase. Yeah, I think for many people watching, maybe they're thinking, so when is that coming? You know, how long? I think one of the biggest, one of the biggest anxieties out there is just how long. You know, give me a time frame to work with so I know, so I can plan. And while it's very, very difficult, I think what we're seeing will last at least for a few months. Uh, we're probably going going to go into uh, the middle of the year with disruptions and everything else. But towards the second half of the year, the financial impact of what, what is coming uh, from governments and central banks, I think we'll start to have a huge multiplier effect. You know, cash will start hitting people's bank accounts this week in Australia, for example, in the first stimulus package. The government's already talking about the next one and the one after that. 
the Reserve Bank cut a couple of weeks ago. They're going to cut again this week. Um, you know, a lot of the interest rate cuts from the Reserve Bank two weeks ago are starting to flow into the market this week. So while it does seem like chaos out there, the financial impact, I think, is what the smart, savvy investors are watching and looking at. And, you know, markets are always forward-looking, so don't just look at the panic today because that was being priced in a couple of weeks ago. Um, right. have, have a think about what's coming uh, May, June, July, and then into spring and then into summer. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. They're pricing in that shock now. There's a lot less bodies on the street. There's less like people doing stuff, and that's the reason why over the next you know, two, three, four weeks, maybe a month, it's going to be disrupted. But I, I truly believe once we get past that, uh, you know, June, July, going into August, that's when we're going to see a really good kick. So what markets do you like? What markets um, are exciting you at the moment from a long-term uh, perspective that you can use this, you know, this downturn, this opportunity to make long-term decisions, long-term investments? Man, it's crazy to say, I know, but I really do love the house and land stuff that we're working on at the moment. Developers are not, they didn't anticipate the, the, the buying frenzy that we saw. So um, they're not, they weren't well equipped enough to account for all of the sales that have been coming in. Um, so we're going to see some supply shortages at the end of this year, nearing the end of this year. And then that's going to be a big issue because there's going to be all this pent up demand coming out of this, let's just call it the sixth season where people are going to come back out, credit's going to be cheap, credit's going to be easily and readily available, They're, um, you know, the jobs and everything's going to come back to normal, and suddenly everyone that's been scared waiting and going back in the whims, they're going to come back into the market wanting to buy stuff, and it's not going to be there, and that's what's going to be price pushing up demand. Um, yeah, I really, really love the house and land stuff that we're doing out towards the western suburbs of Sydney. I really love a lot of the sort of city fringe apartments that we're doing, particularly the completed stock is really exciting because for people that are impatient, they don't have to wait. They can go out, grab it, see it, touch it, feel it, and say, that's what I want. I'm going to just rent it out tomorrow. Um, and then also Melbourne. Melbourne is a really I – still, I still believe – I've always said I, I believe that Melbourne's underpriced, and I still think it's underpriced. Um, for what you can get in Melbourne relative to Sydney, I know that that's not the best metric, but it's very, very good quality stock. Like the apartments, the, the houses that they build are very, very good quality. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, for me, at the end of the day, you can go and you can buy a really good quality inner city asset that's yielding you 4 4.5%. Um, that's pre-tax to get all your tax incentives on top. Uh, interest rates are at zero. You know, you go and put your money in a term deposit, you're lucky to get 1% today. Um, and in the next few weeks, it'll probably be zero. And who knows, it might even be negative um, in a few more months where you can go buy something, you know, yield 4 4.5%, not too much tenant risk. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel. You're doing something that will sit there passive in cities that are likely to continue benefiting from government infrastructure because, you know, what we learned from the global financial crisis is that when there's, a, when there's a risk to jobs, governments are very proactive in investing in infrastructure projects. You know, we saw school halls, we saw renewable projects um, and the likes. And I think we'll continue to see those types of initiatives. And that's where the jobs will be. 
And at the moment, you know, the metro cities are the areas that are going to capture that investment. So you're exactly right. I think, you know, house products with a block of land close to big infrastructure and within, you know, 45, 60 minutes drive into Sydney yielding 4, 4.5% is a no-brainer. Especially and- the growth as well. So you're getting the cash return and then you're also getting the growth. Yeah, exactly. You don't get the growth on a term deposit. And in the stock market, it's 12% down one day, um, you know, 10% up the next day, and you can't go to sleep at night. Uh, so those opportunities are there on the table, and I think there'll be great deals um, in the next few months. And, you know, people can use this opportunity just like you and I have personally used it during the GFC when we started buying and growing our own portfolios. And still today. There's, this, there's still so much out there today. Absolutely. 100%. So, I mean, really for the people out there um, that are like fearful, that are a little bit scared, that are uncertain, um, just I think you want to be looking at the things that you can control. Um, you want to kind of keep that level head. Um, come and have a chat to us because there are so many good opportunities out there. I, I I want you to be a part of the group of people that said, whilst you know everybody was literally shitting themselves and buying toilet paper, I was buying property and investments, and um, you know the return on my on my um, property is way better than that toilet paper. Yeah, and I guess uh, to share some of my advice, I think it's very easy to get caught up in the negativity and in things that won't necessarily um, you know add value. It's okay to prepare. It's okay to be cautious. But I think it's equally important to focus on the future and start thinking and start strategizing about the future. If you've been in a stock market like Dom and I have previously and you've just had a really bad experience, I think it's a really good opportunity to now start shifting your portfolio to you know, a, an asset class that is a lot more stable um, and a lot easier to go to sleep at night. That's definitely what we've found. And um, don't get caught up in too much negativity because... You know, the eye of the storm is scary, but it will pass through. And at some point, we'll come through this and so start having that in the back of your mind. 100%. Well, mate, thanks for jumping on, having this chat. Um, Maybe we'll do a couple more of these because the days, you know, it changes. There's news reports from one day to the next. And I always appreciate your insights. You're, you know, you're jumping on ABC, BBC, all the acronyms and news channels. So it's good that you can jump on our little fledgling podcast eh? no thank you very much and you know we're a brand that's always here for people and we encourage people to reach out and it's times like these where we love helping and talking and articulating our views because when the market's going up and everything's rosy it's all sort of self-fulfilling but you know our experience and our value is when there's uncertainty in the market so feel free to reach out to any one of us and would love to help out thanks mate thank you Catch you all soon, guys. Stay safe.